let's put your hands together and welcome Pastor Gwen Chu. Thank you, Pastor Danny. How many of you can say that it was such a powerful and empowering time of worship just now? You know, if you, if you were touched even by the Lord, even during the time of worship, and you've sensed the, the tangible presence of the Lord right where you're watching, I want you to say, praise the Lord. Wherever you are, whether you're going to type it or declare it in your homes, just say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord and praise the Lord. I believe God is going to do something amazing this, this weekend, this today, and I, I'm sure, you know, the Lord is already preparing our hearts to receive from Him. Amen? Amen, amen, and amen. I'm excited with the Word of God today because I believe God has given me a download and I believe that God has a word for each and every one of us even as we begin this year. As we have heard from our main pastor and also the Apostle uh, Subi just in the last Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I believe God has, is preparing us for the year ahead. And uh, this morning, it was very funny. I was just, I saw somebody's Instagram story, right? And uh, she said this, that she posted a picture, and the picture had this this uh, signboard that goes, and um, the I, I would like to to cancel the subscription for 2021. Um, after trial, after the free seven day trial, you know I don't think it, I'm interested anymore. So after the first seven days, some of you are already like, oh my goodness, is this what 2021 looks like? But hey, let me tell you this: we are moving forward. We are moving forward. God has a plan for us. We are not going to cancel 2021 because God is still in 2021 and beyond. Can somebody shout amen? Amen, amen, and amen. All right. The title of my message today is called Peace in Pieces. Peace in Pieces. And the script is taken from the scripture is taken from Leviticus chapter one verse two to nine and chapter two verses five to six. All right, I want us to read the word of God together. If you have your Bible, you can open up your Bible. If you have, if you don't have one, it's on the screen. But I want us to declare the word of the Lord together. Can we do that together? Let's turn to Leviticus chapter one verse two to nine. Leviticus chapter one two to nine. Chapter 1, 2, 3. Okay, let's go together. 1, 2, 3. Let's read it together. 1, 2, 3. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock, of the herd, and of the flock. If his offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord. Next slide. He shall kill the bull before the Lord, and the priest Aaron's sons shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around on the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into its pieces. And the sons of Aaron and the priests shall put fire on the altar and lay the wood in order on the fire. Then the priests, Aaron's sons, shall lay the parts, the head and the fat in order of the wood that it that it is on and the fire upon the altar, but he shall wash its entrails and its legs with water. And the priest shall burn all the uh, on the priest shall burn all, all on the altar as a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. Leviticus chapter two. 
and goes on to say this, but if your offering is a grain offering baked in a pan, it shall be a fine flour unleavened mixed with oil. You shall break it in pieces and pour oil on it. And it is, it is a grain offering. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you continuously speak through your word. Your word is as alive today as it was yesterday, as it was many years ago, and it was written. Father, we thank you that, Lord, today I pray that your word will continue to speak into your heart, the hearts of your people. And, Lord, let there be an openness in all our spirits, oh God, to hear from you, to receive from you, oh God, and to know what you have for us in the days to come. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says, Amen. Amen, amen. Today, I'm just going to do a little bit of preaching, teaching, okay? We're going to learn some things together because these two instances that we read about just a while ago from Leviticus chapter 1 and 2, notice that both these instances, the offering was brought in pieces. The offerings were brought in pieces. As we begin this year, I want to encourage and challenge us from these scriptures. It is a year filled with anticipation and uncertainties. Anticipation of what is to come, what is, what's going to happen in the next few days, next few weeks, next few months, till the end of the year. And uncertainty, the, the fact that we still have to step forward, we still have to move forward, we still have to go forth in faith in spite of the uncertainties. But today... I pray that we will be able to learn some principles in finding peace in the pieces. Finding peace in pieces. I want, us to bring, I want to bring us on a process of finding peace. Now, many times we want to fast forward to the promise. We like to fast forward to the promise without entering into the process. There is a process that must be entered in order for us to be able to understand the true peace, the shalom of God for our lives. And here, we want to learn these principles even from the sacrifices that we read just a while ago. Firstly, I want us to notice something about these sacrifices. When it talks about in Leviticus chapter 1, these sacrifices were brought willingly. Take down notes if you have to. The offering was brought willingly. It was a free will offering. It was a free will offering, something that the presenter needed to bring out of their own free will. It was a choice. It was not an obligatory offering. It was a free will offering. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. What does it say in Romans chapter 12, verse 1? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. To present ourselves as a living sacrifice is a reasonable thing. As you reflect on what God has done, as you have remember His faithfulness, we just celebrated the New Year's and the watch night where it was a time of reflection and thinking back of the goodness of God. As you begin to think of the goodness of God, the only thing that you can do is to offer your lives as a living sacrifice. And that is the reasonable thing. As you think of the goodness of God in your life, when you reflect on how wonderful and how He has protected you, provided for you, watched you, through all these years, it would be unreasonable for you not to live wholeheartedly for Him. 
it was a reasonable offering to bring ourselves as a living sacrifice. This year didn't exactly, or last year rather, didn't exactly end the way that I thought it would end. You know, just as we thought that, you know, the 2020 had been with so many challenges and so many different things that we had to learn to cope and so on and so forth. Towards the end of last year, um, actually in the middle of, of December, my mother, my mother was admitted to the hospital and she was, she, she was throwing up. Well, we thought there was just a, a uh, food poisoning, ended up to be a very serious condition where she had um, bowel obstruction. Okay, so two years ago, she had bowel cancer and she had surgery done. And now two years later, she had a bowel obstruction again. And the doctors tried to manage it as conservatively as possible because they didn't want to do another open surgery on her. So we were praying very, very hard. We said, God, please let the medication work. Let it flush through. Let it go through. In Jesus' name, you know, we're praying and praying and praying so hard. But that didn't happen. And... They said that we have no choice but to get, we have to open her up again and do the open surgery again. We were like, I remember when I heard that news, I was very, a little bit despondent. I was a little bit disappointed. I said, oh, I can't believe it. My 82-year-old mother, the one that I shared about who was, had a growth mindset, who was learning how to use her handphone, no, now has to go through surgery again. But she went through the surgery and it was by the grace and miracle of God that she got through the surgery and she came out and now she's discharged and she's back home. Although, albeit her, her recovery is a little bit slower than usual, but it was really a, a challenging time. So Christmas morning was spent in the hospital and New Year's Eve on, the, on 31st, pretty much the entire evening was spent in the hospital before I rushed home for the watch night service. And it was at the hospital that I sat there and I started reflecting on the year. Because at that point of time, you were thinking to yourself, you know, what is there to celebrate? Now, how do you even enter into a new year when you are going through all these things and you don't even know what's going to be ahead? You know, she had so many complications post-operation and it was like one thing after another from her heart to her hemoglobin to her... To, I was like, oh, God, you know, is this ever going to stop? Is she ever go, are you gonna, is she ever going to be discharged from the hospital? So on the 31st, I sat in the hospital next to her and I started reflecting and writing out and, and the goodness of God. And all that he has seen, seen me through in the last 20, in 2020. And as I wrote that at the end of it, all I can say is this. How can I not live for him? How can I not, how can I not continue to honor him with all my life? As I reflect on his goodness and on his faithfulness, on his provision, on his taking me from one step to another... How can I not only give him my best? I don't know what you have gone through. But it is a choice to come to that altar of the Lord and to say, God, I offer myself as a living sacrifice because that is the reasonable act of worship, of service. And I pray as we start this year as a church, we would come before the presence of the Lord and say, God, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, willingly. No one can force you to live a life for the Lord. 
No one can force you to honour Him. No one can, can breathe down your neck and say, please don't do this, please do that, please do this, and please don't do that. No one can do that. It is your own free will. It is your choice to honour Him. And today, I challenge you at the start of this year that you will choose to honour Him as a living sacrifice, as willingly coming before the presence of the Lord every day, recognizing that the Lord will continue to guide you and lead you every step of the way. Amen? Willingly. The sacrifice, the offering was brought willingly. Let's move on to the second point. Now, secondly, it gets more exciting, okay? You thought that well, now I have to be willing to always bring myself to the altar, willing to come to the altar all the time, willing for, to allow the Lord to do that work in my heart. It gets even more exciting, the next one. Are you ready? Because the offering had to die. <laughs> and then you're going to saying to yourself, Hi-yo, you know, I thought I came to this service to be encouraged, you know, but in the end, how come, you know, it's like this now, you know, first you have to be willing to come to the altar and now I have to die? In the beginning, you're choy, choy, that kind of see, you know, in the beginning, you hear talk about death, death, death. But you know what? The offering had to be, it was killed before it even reached the altar. The offering was cut up into pieces before it was brought to the altar. Now, this is it's very interesting. It is about, the, the, sorry, the bull was slain, right? And we talk, we, we, can't, we can't avoid talking about dying because, you know, dying, it's about dying. It's not just about a physical, it's not about a physical death here, like how it was in the Old Testament. I'm talking about a dying to ourselves, a dying to our flesh, a dying to our own desires, a dying to our own plans, a dying to our own wants, a dying to our own thoughts and perception of how things are supposed to turn out because we thought that it would work out that way. That kind of dying. No wonder Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, it says, I affirm by the boasting in which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, and I die daily. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, if you're taking notes. I die daily. Paul tells us that he's dying daily. Every day, it's still a type of a, a, a death in that sense. Okay, and then my laptop goes crazy because, okay. It's a dying. Okay, hang on. Let's see. It's a dying to self. Every day is dying to self. You know, and, and boy, does that speak to me because there's still flesh in me. There's still flesh in me. There are still moments where, you know, I, there, are mo there are days when I thought that I've died to myself. And then there are days that I know I'm still dying. There are days when I know that I've, I, I thought that, you know, that's it, you know, I've crucified myself, you know, and, and I, I'm, oh, it's okay, no matter what, I won't be affected, I won't be whatever. And then there are moments where people will be, will cut you in in your lane when you're driving. Or, you know, get purpose, or, get, or, or you know, stick, they, they, they will drive and then in a way that you can't even make a U-turn because they are in the wrong lane and you get so frustrated with them. And then I know I'm still dying. 
And there are days when you read certain things, you know, in the news, or you read certain things, or you hear certain news, or you hear certain things, people say a lot, or whatever it is, and you know, you're still dying. And I'm still dying every day. So don't judge me if I act strange sometimes because I'm still dying. I'm still dying. How many of you, how many real people are there here in this place? You know, there are about 20 of us here, you know, and, and I'm so many of you out there. As you're watching this, how many of you know that we are all still dying? Every day, as, just as we thought that, you know, we had overcome and we are able to go through certain things. And then something else happens. The challenges upon challenges in our lives, then suddenly make, wakes up that flesh within us that wants to rise up from within us to, to, and the indignation, you know, to say that, you know, I want my way. Why is it not going my way? Why is it not going according to my plans? Why are they, oh, are these things happening, you know? How come certain people, how come certain things, how come certain ones are getting whatever they, are, they want in life, but not me? And we're still dying. I want you to declare that right now. I'm still dying. I'm still dying. Whether it's in your chat or in your home, wherever it is, whether it's in your family, you just say it. I'm still dying. Isaiah tells us, the year King Uzziah died. In the year King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his glory filled the temple. The year King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his glory filled the temple. But it happened after Uzziah died. I want to ask you today, What has to die in your life in order for the glory of the Lord to be manifested in your life, in your family, in your career, in your business, in your relationships? What has to die in order for you to see the glory of the Lord manifested in such a way where he's high and lifted up in every area of the life and uh, of your life and the train of his glory fills the entire part of your life. What has to die? The offering was brought in willingly. The offering was brought dead. The offering required to die and thirdly, the offering had to be washed. Wow, I have no idea what's going on here. Hang on. So, the offering had to be washed. Now, the Bible tells us that in the, the, the pieces had to be washed in water. And not just that the pieces had to be washed in water, 
that the priests themselves had to cleanse themselves in what we call in the tabernacle setting, there was a brazen, uh, brazen lever, okay? This brazen lever was in the shape of a basin and it was made of brazen mirrors, okay? So they had these ladies that will make, they will make this brazen um, lever with these brazen mirrors, then there were small, small mirrors that would be stuck around and it would be made in the shape of a bowl or a basin and the, the Old Testament priests would have to wash themselves, Right in this brazen level before they continue to perform their duties before the Lord. So this is how it was in the Old Testament. They had to be washed. You not just you don't just have come willingly. You don't just have to die. You also have to be washed in in water. But I like what Paul tells us in the New Testament with regards to this. He tells us in Ephesians chapter five verse thirty one that God sanctifies us sanctifies us by the washing, by the washing in the Word. By the washing in the Word. Now, I believe in sanctification. Apostles will be also talked about it, about sanctification. What is sanctification? Sanctification is just being more and more Christ-like as we go on in our lives. As we continue to grow, we learn from His, from his ways, from His Word, from, his, uh, from all that we go through, and we become sanctified. I believe that if, if as we are saved, we are being sanctified daily, being renewed daily, being taught daily, being changed more and more Christ-like every day. Amen? That's all we pray. We hope that everyone is progressing that way. Right? So, here... We, while we don't have a brazen lever to wash ourselves or to clean ourselves in that way of washing and before we enter into the presence of God, because there is no need for that. But the Bible tells us here, and when Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 5, it says this, that he sanctifies us and he washes us through his word. He washes us through His Word. The Word of God now becomes that mirror. The Word, in fact, the word wash, in Ephesians chapter 5, the word wash in Greek actually means lever. Now, isn't that interesting? The word wash actually means lever. That right now, while we don't need a physical basin to wash ourselves, to be more and more like Him, the Word of God becomes a mirror. The Word of God becomes that light. The Word of God becomes that thing that reflects what, what we are doing, whether it's right or wrong. The Word of God still stands true throughout through time, telling us what to do and giving us direction and guiding us every single step of the way. Not anyone else. It is the Word of God. It's not a preacher. It's not a leader. It's not an evangelist. It's not any programs. It's not all that. It is the Word of God. And that's why when Pastor Vincent crafted the BRP, the Bible reading plan, it is because we need to be renewed every day. You need to be washed every day. You have to have a plan to reread and to allow the God to, to seep deep into our hearts, into our spirit, to allow God to wash us in the spirit. A process of sanctification. I still believe in the Word of God. Can somebody say amen? 
I still believe in the Word of God because the Word of God is authoritative. It is direction-giving and it will be a guidepost to every single step that we go through. And if the Word of God says something is right, it's right. If the Word of God says something is wrong, it's wrong. If the Word of God says marriage is between man and woman, marriage is between man and a woman. If the Word of God says life is precious, even the life of the unborn child is precious. There's no two ways about it. The church must be a Bible-believing entity. If not, we're just a country club. Where everybody comes together and has fun and, and compliments one another, each other, for how they look and how they, what they have and what they don't have. Or, or, or just talk, talk about, you know, all the natural things that we see. But the Word of God has to be central in your life. The Word of God has to be central in everything that you do because it becomes that mirror, it becomes that lever that washes us and sanctifies us, sanctifies His church. And that's why reading the Word of God is so important every day of our lives. Not just, not just on occasions, not just on Sundays, every day of our lives to allow it to wash us, to sanctify us, to become that guide of God, give me that wisdom of what I should do. The word of the Lord becomes your guide. Amen? The offering was brought willingly. The offering had to die. The offering had to wash, to go through washing Fourthly, the offering was laid in blood. I pray the word of God will set us free today. The offering was laid in blood. We read just now that the offering, the blood, that was from the animal was sprinkled all over the tabernacle. I believe in the power of the blood. I still believe in the power of the blood because it is the power of the blood that has made us righteous, made us, given us the ability to come before the presence of the Lord because we are sinful in nature, but because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we are able to stand before Him because His blood covers each and every one of us. So oftentimes, we have forgotten about how powerful the blood is. The song goes, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing else can wash away our sins. Nothing else can take away our shame. Nothing else can, can, can cover us from all that we have done in our past and all that we, we are in, probably, probably happening in our minds or whatever it is. Nothing else can cover us but the precious blood of the Lamb. 
and we don't apply the blood often enough in our prayer life to our families, to our children, to our business, to our property. I'm not talking about, please, please don't cut chicken now and go and sprinkle everywhere, okay? That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. It's not the physical blood. I'm talking about applying. You know, the old time we used to say, I plead the blood of the lamb over this situation, over my child, over my, my business, over my family. I plead the blood of the lamb. We need to plead the blood of the lamb over our circumstances. Plead the blood of the lamb over all that we, we are going through because it is by his blood. There is wonder-working power in his blood. Amen. That old song that goes, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the lamb. It is not wonder-working power in, in anything else, in my good works, in, in me being clever, in me doing certain things. It is not. It is wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And I pray that we will continue to learn how to pray such effective prayers in our lives to plead the blood of the Lamb over your family, over your children, over your business, over your relationships. Plead the blood of the Lamb. Ask God, cover it. Remember in the Old Testament where the Israelites were still in Egypt and the, and the, and the Lord was going to send an angel of death to sweep across Egypt. What did God instruct the people of Israel to do? Place the blood on your doorposts. And when I play and I see that blood that is across, applied across your doorposts, I will pass over it and spare your life. Plead the blood of the Lamb because the Lord sees it. The Lord hears your prayers. The Lord hears your cries even as you plead the blood of the Lamb over whatever you are going through. And I believe it with all my heart, there is still power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Can somebody shout amen? Amen and amen. That's right. We are going to believe that there is wonder-working power that continues to work in and through our lives even today. You and I can never come before the presence of the Lord if it weren't because of the blood of the Lamb. Willingly, you have to die. You have to be washed. And you have to be laid in blood. And the offering was then covered with oil. This becomes a very messy situation now. You've got, you've got, Water, you've got blood, now you've got oil going on here. What does oil represent? Oil represents, very oftentimes represents the Holy Spirit. It represents, it is a symbol of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In our theme verse as well, it talks about, you know, how Jesus tells, peace be unto you, you know, and, and receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. This offering was covered with the blood. The oil represents the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God. How many of you want to get so oily in that sense, so oily that every time you walk into a room, every time you walk into a presence of something that you're doing, others who come in contact with you, I'm not talking about real physical contact, but in contact with you, will rub off some of that anointing on them. 
you will be effective to people. You will impact people with your anointing, not the other way around. Now, I want you to understand this. The anointing is something that is very powerful. The anointing is usually done in the Old Testament as a setting apart, a consecration. We talked about that in the last three days with, with, the, with uh, 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 our night consecration services, right? Consecration, it is a setting apart. When God anoints you, He sets you apart for a task, for a purpose, for something that He wants you to do. I don't know what God wants you to do, but when you have the anointing of God in your life, He will empower you and He will allow you and open doors for you in ways that you have never seen, never imagined, or never even thought about. That is what the anointing does. The impossible becomes possible when the anointing of God is upon you. But so oftentimes, this is what happens. Let me tell you this. You know the anointing bottles that we have for anointing when we used to, when we had physical service, when we used to pray for people? I am absolutely sure after not using it for the last maybe, what, 10 months, 11 months, if I were to open that anointing oil bottle now, it would have all turned rancid. It would have all turned rancid. Because oil, when it is not used, will turn bad. What has God deposited into you that you need to use it for His glory? What is the anointing that God has placed in your life that you need? to use for His glory. There was a purpose for that anointing to be upon your life. Because oil that is not used will grow bad. And that's why we need, we need fresh oil every day of our lives. That's why we need a new, a fresh anointing in every season of our lives. It cannot just be a steel bottle and that's it. It must be something that must be, as the Lord pours into our lives, there is an outflow. The Lord pours into our lives and there's an outflow and that fresh oil keeps on flowing into our lives. Why get new oil if you're not pouring it out? We like the anointing. We say, God, give me the anointing. I like that feeling, you know, of, oh, the shaking and that whatever, the manifestation that comes with it. The anointing is for a purpose and to set you apart for something greater than yourself. Because from, with your own ability, your own talents, you will not be able to achieve what is ahead of you. But with the anointing of God, God allows you and puts you and gives you that power and that, the power from on high, the endowment from on high to do what He wants you to do. The anointing. When Samuel, the prophet Samuel anointed David, I want you to take note of this. We think that it was a small little vial that, that Samuel brought to anoint shepherd boy David at that time in his father's house. But scholars, some believe, some scholars actually believe that it was not just one small little bottle. In fact, it was about more than seven liters of oil. Seven liters of oil. And the Bible says Samuel anointed David with oil. Can you imagine seven liters of oil poured over you? Gluk, 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 gluk. Yeah, still got some more. Gluk, 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 
was drenched from top to the bottom. You know, David didn't just have an oil change. He had an oil change and a lube job as well. You know, it was literally every part of him was soaked with oil. And there was no way he could have simply just wiped it off or gone for a bath and got, get all the oil stains off because the oil would have gone deep into his skin, to his scalp, and the oil was made of really amazing, finest spices, remember? They were made of fine spice. And that was so pure. And the smell from it would have been overwhelming to have so much of that poured over you. It would have lasted him for months, in fact, for years. The problem with us is this, we want the anointing. We get prayed for, with that little dab here, the moment we have finished, finished praying, we quickly take out the tissue and we wipe it off. You know why? Because when we get out of this hall, we say we want to look ordinary again. We want to be acceptable again. So there is no change from being anointed one moment and the next moment we are out there in the world and we want to fit in. When the anointing of God comes upon your life, something changes. You no longer can compromise with the things of the world. You no longer can say it's okay for me to close both eyes or close one eye or, or, or just, you know, just don't see, don't hear, forget it, you know. The anointing of oil, the anointing of God that comes upon your life changes you through and through. I mean, he set you apart to do something. He set you apart and anointed you for a task for this year or whatever it is for the future, for whatever it may be. I want you to know that the anointing has to change. You cannot be the same person that you were after receiving that anointing. If you receive an anointing of the Lord for your, this season, know that God is going to do great things in and through you, but it, de it demands for you to do what is right in His sight. It's not just about being acceptable on the outside. The Lord has deployed you out to do His will. And many times there are challenges that come. The devil comes after, you feel like no, there, are, there are a lot of challenges that are here and you say, God, devil, why are you coming after me? The devil is not coming after you. The devil is coming after what God has deposited in your heart and in your life. It is because he has deposited something in you. That's why the challenges are great because he doesn't want the purposes and the will of God to be fulfilled in and through your life. So friends, we want the anointing for this season. But the anointing has to change us. Will change us. To live for him, to honor him, to live by his standards, not the standards of the world. I know days are challenging. And sometimes you feel like, you know, if I don't do certain things in certain ways, like how the world is doing, compromising on your stance, on your principles, 
and going against the word of God. I can't be, I can't be so straight, you know. I can't do all that, like, like you know, be, follow God's word truly 100%. How can? God has anointed you for the season ahead. And if he anoints you, if a young shepherd boy can eventually be a king, what not you? What more of you when God anoints you, he sets you apart for his purpose. But it would mean that you will be different. It would mean that things will not be the same. It would mean that you will have the influence over others as you are so drenched with oil that wherever you go, whoever you speak to, parts of that oil, that anointing will ooze out and affect someone else. The offering was covered with oil. And finally, the offering was consumed by the fire. The offering was consumed by the fire. The fire came down on the oil, and we all know that oil is flammable. Oil is flammable. And it is my prayer, and I pray that for every single one of us who are tuned in here right now, that this is your prayer as well to say, God, let your fire fall on me afresh. Let your fire fall on me afresh. The sacrifice was brought to the altar in pieces, and as it was consumed with oil, and as the fire went on it, it was consumed as one engulfed in one big fire. And it was saying, the Bible says, you know, it was a sweet aroma unto the Lord. Those pieces were consumed together. The Lord sent His fire and the fire, and I pray that God, we will consume each of each and every one of us, our lives as we lay it at the altar and it will be a pleasing sacrifice. I pray that every single one of us will be a pleasing sacrifice unto the Lord. As you start this year, nothing else matters. It's not about all these things. But God, every day that I live, may I be a pleasing sacrifice unto you. Consume. Consume me, Lord. Consume me. When Jesus fed the 4,000, when Jesus fed the 5,000, what happened? He broke the bread into pieces. And those pieces did far greater than one, that one loaf of bread. God is still in the business of using broken pieces. He's still in the business of using broken pieces. We may not have it all together, but guess what? God is still able to use the broken pieces to touch many more lives if it's placed in His hands.
Your broken pieces are a reminder, are a reminder that God is still there right in the midst of the pieces. Your broken pieces are a reminder that God is still right in the midst of the broken pieces, of the imperfect pieces. Of imperfect people, God is still there. Do you remember the situation of Jesus being in the boat with his disciples and the storm raged and Jesus was sleeping in the boat? He was amidst broken people. People who had fear in their hearts. People who were affected at that point didn't have a lot of faith. Didn't see a lot of hope in their situation. Didn't know how this storm was ever going to be solved. No matter how much water they tried to scoop up on their own, they were still drowning. Broken, imperfect people. But Jesus got up, stood at the bow of that boat, and he declared, peace, be still. Peace, be still. And immediately the storm subsided. Perhaps you're starting this year in pieces. I haven't even recovered from 2020 yet. How do I even launch into 2021? My plans are broken. My dreams are broken. My relationships are broken. My health is broken. But God's right there. He says, peace, be still. I'm still in the midst of the pieces. What is the price to find that peace? What is the price to find that peace? No matter what happens, Whatever announcements, whatever the days ahead, what is the price for you to have that peace? You need to come to the altar willingly. You need to die to yourself, to your plans, to your thoughts, to your expectations. Die daily. Every day, not just on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. You have to die daily. You need to allow the Word of God to wash you, to teach you His ways every day and let it mirror you, mirror the truth of God to your life. 
You need to learn how to plead the blood of the Lamb over your lives, over your situation. You need to be covered with the oil and let the anointing flow all over you from the top of your head to the tip of your toe and say, God, if you have anointed me, Lord, I'm prepared for this next season ahead. And you're going to say, fire, fall down, consume me. Let my life be a pleasing sacrifice before you every moment, every day, every, every inch of me, every part, no matter how difficult the seasons may get. Lord, let my life be a living sacrifice and may be a pleasing aroma to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. I wish you were right here that we can just come before the altar and just pray along with you. But this morning, even as we conclude the service, I want you to do this. I want you to make an altar wherever you're at right now. I want you to come before the presence of God. If you're watching this alone, make this your time, your space between you and God and allow the Lord to speak to you, to refresh you and to anoint you afresh for the next season ahead. If you're watching this with your family, gather the entire family. Let's come before the presence of the Lord at His altar. Make an altar wherever you're at as we begin this year. And we're going to kneel before the presence of the Lord even right now. I'm going to ask even the worship team, you know, everybody just kneeling in the presence of the Lord. Every single one of us making it an altar before the Lord. And as we worship the Lord with this song, and at the end of this time of just coming before the presence of the Lord, saying, God, I'm willing, I'm willing to come before you. I'm willing, oh God, for you to do that work in my life as I start this year. God, whatever it takes, help me to find that peace in my pieces. Peace, oh God, in my heart. No matter what I go through, I shall go through it with you. Just begin to dedicate yourselves and your families before the Lord. And as we worship the Lord with this song, let these words, the simple words of this song, just minister to you and as you worship the Lord. And at the end of the service, I'm going to invite our main pastor to come and pray for each and every one of us. Because even as we lay ourselves, we say, God, we don't know how to do this. We don't know what the, the year, Lord, is going to be like. But God, we anticipate, oh God, with fullness of understanding that we can still have peace in our pieces because you are right there with each and every one of us. So make that altar right now. Kneel before the presence of the Lord even as we sing this song. And when I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me. You reintroduced me to your love. And you picked up all my pieces, put me 
presence of God right here in the hall and right in your home receive it right now God is doing something beautiful hallelujah 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 thank you dear Lord thank you dear Lord Lord we thank you for your love for your grace and for your mercy dear Lord that has called us even to the altar Thank you, dear Lord, for your word that has been declared. We receive it even right now, dear God. Lord, even in the midst of a troubled world, a world in turmoil, oh God, even when our lives are broken in pieces, we can come before you today, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord, for what you are saying to us, for what you are doing in our lives right now, dear Lord that you have granted us your peace, your victory, your power, dear Lord, in, even when we are in pieces, dear God. And so even right now, Lord, we thank you. Oh, that we have been washed by the word of the Lord. We thank you, dear Lord, for the blood of Jesus Christ that covers each one of us. We thank you for the anointing oil that has anointed us, dear Lord. And we thank you for the fire of the Holy Spirit that is coming down upon our lives, upon our family, upon our nation even right now, dear Lord. Oh, the water, the blood, the oil, the fire you have provided for each and every one of us. And so we receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Declare it victory. Declare it peace in pieces. We thank you, dear Lord. Let the blessings of the Lord rest upon your people. Even right now, dear Lord, for you are doing a new thing this year. We offer our lives and our family, everything we are, we do. We give thanks to you, dear Lord. In Jesus' name, and let the people of God say, Amen. 